Hi, everyone. Good morning and welcome to Seek Sustainable Japan. I'm JJ Walsh here in Hiroshima, Japan, and today I have the pleasure of talking with Shina Suyuki in Yokohama. Thank you so much for joining, Shina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. It's great to have you. I am such a fan of all the work you do. Now, for those of you who don't know Shina, she is an amazing content creator, really great um, putting short videos online, talking about some solutions for sustainability, really to the Japanese audience. She has visited hundreds of schools around Japan uh, talking about sustainability and ideas that kids can put to work. And you're also creating your own cosmetics. So we, we have lots to talk about today, Sheena. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. So in your video uh, that you did when you were at the Green School Bali, mm -hmm. you talked about your journey to start making cosmetics. And it seemed to start from an uh, allergy that your sister had. Can you tell us your, that story? Yes. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, so it was like when I was 15, uh, I started to create my own cosmetics for my sister who had sensitive skin and we we kind of found out that she had very sensitive skin after we used the the cosmetics that we bought in japan that said natural on the label and we we thought like you know saying natural on the label is 100 percent safe to use and and then we we trusted and we used it but Turn out, my sister got like rashes all all of her her faces, and I was like wondering what is the definition of natural. And I started to search the meaning of the word, and then eventually I found out um, there was no meaning. And then. Um, yeah, what you, I learned from, you say yeah you say in your video that. Uh, 1%, even if only 1% mm -hmm. in the Japanese product is natural, they can use the natural label. That was yes. really surprising to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's the, the reality in Japan. And it was not only in Japan, but I think for the most of the country, there's not really definition, like, definition for the word. So what I learned from this experience was the the cosmetics industry was more was full of misleading labels and was hiding so much more harmful impact <clears throat> than what we thought to believe, and that's really sad. But also I was like, maybe I can do something, maybe starting small for my sister, and it it kind of became my brand later on. But it was it was for my sister in the beginning. I, I love that part of your talk where you say, mm -hmm. but actually the first few ones that I made, my sister didn't like it. <laughs> she really didn't like it at all. She's like, well, it doesn't give me any like pigments and and it's like really dry and stuff. And like, I'm trying my best, but you know, I mean, that made me to create better uh, products. So. Yeah, so it's it's a journey, right? It's that's yeah. part of creating a new product, testing it out, getting feedback, mm -hmm. uh, improving. Also, very true of any sustainable business, mm -hmm. um, you have to learn things along the way and get feedback and find out more, and then evolve into right. a better brand. And it sounds like you also found that uh, when you started doing workshops, some of the ingredients you were using, you would find out new information and then you would change to a better ingredient. Is that right? Yes, that's uh, natural mica, right? The one yeah. I talked about in the video. <clears throat> it's causing the um, child labor in India. Most of the natural mica is coming from India and it's very hard to find the clear transparency behind. So it's better not to use the one, but I know that because like when you hear natural mica, it sounds more, much more better than um, artificial like mica. 
So it's very hard to take the balance between using natural products and also not causing any other uh, issues. Absolutely. And this is so important as a part of talking about sustainability on mm-hmm. um, this channel. And I think the way that most people who understand sustainability, it's about a balance between mm-hmm. the needs of people, the needs of the planet and the needs for profit. You have to have those in balance. And so when you were talking about actually the synthetic version of this is better because mm-hmm. it doesn't create this slave child labor problem for mm-hmm. the natural version. Um, so until we can find a natural version that's more ethical for people, mm-hmm. we're not going to use it, right? So that evolution of your brand is so important. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, tell me about the packaging. You were, mm-hmm. you were explaining about uh, using bamboo instead of plastic. That's a great alternative. Oh, thank you so much. So the the school I went when I was in high school, it's, it's called Green School. And this Green School, buildings are made out of bamboo. And I knew that this is the, one of the most sustainable um, material that we can use for anything. And I, I learned that from Green School building. And I was like thinking, what can I use instead of using plastic container for for my lipstick. And I was actually trying to make this lipstick container out of bamboo by myself. So when I was in in, in green school, I used to go to this uh, innovation lab to create my own container. And I was doing that for like almost one year, trying to figure it out to make this container, but then it, it didn't. I couldn't do that. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm buying this container, but um, I think you can you can't start everything perfect. So I think right. finding the solution, you can't, and you can't do everything yourself either, right? Exactly, exactly. And you don't you don't need to. So if you can find a good maker um, yes. that you can support what they're doing, and you can make it part of your brand. Um, sometimes collaboration works works a lot better. But also another important lesson for starting your own business, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can cut like about maybe like 60% of um, plastic if you use the bamboo container like the, the one in the, in the picture. That's so awesome. I think it's much better. I am such a fan of bamboo. Uh, it just it's a, basically it's a grass mm-hmm. um, that just grows like a weed uh, for a lot of people who are remodeling the old houses. Mm-hmm. They always complain about the bamboo, right? Because it, it grows under the foundation. It grows mm-hmm. everywhere. And the first thing they have to do when they take over the old house is cut back the bamboo and try to keep it away from the house because it really spreads. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then they make friends because they give all the takinoko bamboo shoot to all the neighbors and the neighbors are happy. So it's kind of a good first welcome to the neighborhood kind of activity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love bamboo too, like for, for eating. Bamboo yeah. is really good food. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's change gears here a little bit. Um, so you started, was it the cosmetics journey that kind of started you thinking about environmentalism, started you uh, thinking more about uh, sustainable products and what is natural, and then activism and education. What was the order? Yeah, I mean, I, as you just mentioned, I started to create um, cosmetics product from, for my sister, and that was the beginning for me to enter the, the world of sustainability. Um, because <clears throat> whatever we choose on a daily basis will create the future of our um planet so consumers choices change earth that that is the message for my brand so um but i wanted to kind of learn about what problem we have more in in more detail so i joined um cop 24 conference of parties in um the first time i went was in uh, poland 
And I went there with some of my green school friends. We have this green generation group. So we go there to to do a presentation there and we kind of have talk with other climate um, youth activists and stuff. So I went there and I got so much inspiration from other climate activists and I wanted to do something like they were doing. And so I started to kind of dive into climate activist world after I came back from the conference of parties COP24. Yeah, and then uh, I see some of the pictures here um, doing taking part in rallies, for example. Oh, wait, where did you find this photo? That's amazing. These are from your crowdfunding, I think, your crowdfunding page, which we'll talk about next. Um, but these are wonderful to see. So these are in Japan, these yes. rallies? Yes, both, both, both of them are in Japan. And like doing, what is it, not protesting? Is it protesting? Yeah, it's yeah. striking? Mm -hmm. um, striking is a little bit more harder than doing strike in uh, Poland and in Spain, which I, I, I joined before, because not every everyone supports this movement. And especially for the younger generation like me, parents were not allowed kids to do strikes and pro, uh, protest. So, <clears throat> but after I joined this one of the movements, like the one in the picture in Japan, it's not like what other Japanese people would think about protesting and striking. It's not like hardcore, like, so much demanding it's not it's not like that it's very fun it's very peaceful and i think it's so much fun so um i think it's it's wonderful to join yeah. but most japanese people would not know that yeah and i i joined a few as well uh oh, for oh. the climate strike and oh. uh, fridays for the future and mm -hmm. Um, some in Hiroshima as well. And it's it's a great chance to uh, walk around at the rally and share ideas with other people who are similarly passionate. Mm -hmm. And I think that community support is also really important for your journey because quite often you feel like you're on your own, right? <laughs> and you're like, am I the only one who cares about this? No, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially in Japan. You can yeah. be very lonely working on this problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you've done so much education work uh, with Japanese kids, Japanese schools. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, thank you. So I'm also um, an undergraduate student at Keio University in Japan. So after I came back from, from uh, <clears throat> Bali, I enrolled at university like KU University to study about what is the problems that are happening, especially in, in sustainability in Japan. But then like, not only learning about the facts, numbers, if you really want to change, make a change in, in the society, like you really have to act at the same time. But if you go to university, everything you do is getting credits and having an exam every weekend. Um, and I, I, I didn't really like that. So I, I left the university, like I'm taking a, a leave right now. And I started to do um, presentation about climate change, leaving my school and I visit, started to visit out of schools to give uh, talk about talk about climate change. So my focus has been specifically on students. I visit schools to talk with these students about climate change, how climate change will affect our life and what we can do as a youth generations. So I visited more than 200 schools and given presentations to around 30,000 um, students so far. That's amazing, Sheena. Thank you so much, because I, I really believe, and I, I know that you talk about this uh, on your social media as well, but I really believe one of the big hurdles in Japan 
is people just don't know. They're just not aware of these issues. And the more people talking about it, the better, right? Uh, you you talked about three basic problems uh, when you started your crowdfunding because your crowdfunding is part of your education, outreach, yes. creating yes. content, right? I wanted to accelerate my um, climate education in a faster way and also to larger audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you tell us about the crowdfunding campaign? Congratulations. You guys got past your goal. Um, <laughs> yes. And that was at the end of October, right? Mm -hmm. it, it was very recent, my my recent challenge. <clears throat> so wait, how, how much is this in in US? Like, I don't know how to calculate, but. Well, unfortunately, the yen is really weak right now. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so it's not much as it should be. Yes. Um, but 5 million yen is about, uh, is it $50,000? Maybe, yeah, if it's in, in it's usual one, times, in the usual times, yes. So this is a lot of money and this is going to be used for content creation, right? Yes. So I've been kind of making a short videos. It's like a TikTok for younger generation, younger generation to learn about climate change and other social, social problems because there's a really big gap of climate education in Japan compared to the rest of the world. And I wanted to um, have more access to, to reach younger generation uh, audience. So I decided to use short videos to talk about what we can do and what is the problem and how we can act on it. And I want. I, I I think I'm planning to to make 100 more than 100 videos in next one year and a half. That's great. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about some of the videos because I I heard I read that you in the crowdfunding campaign you said the problems are the information is not going around fast enough. Mm -hmm. um, education is the most difficult one to tackle because usually it's very slow. It takes a long time to change. Mm -hmm. And uh, this the crowdfunding, the reason to do crowdfunding is because it costs a lot to make these videos and to edit because it has to be short, it has to be clear, and that's not easy to do, right? It's, it's not. It's, it's very hard. Um, I, I wanted to kind of <clears throat> try out making these short videos before I start my crowdfunding because I needed to see if this is the effective way for me to start my new journey. So I kind of started to post some of the videos before I start my crowdfunding. And it, it turned out it is pretty good um, tools to reach younger audience. So do you want to show some videos? Yeah, that's that's a good one, I think. This is the solution! Uraga Boat Park de Mahou no Bakets o mitzkemashita. Gumi no gumi o tabete kureru CD. Suichu ni setsu suru dake de gumi o kaishu shite kureru sotsu desu.水を吸い込む水中ポンプでできておりますレンカンで約ペットボトル1万6500本レジ袋9万枚に相当するゴミが集められますまず、おにぎりの袋ペットボトルなど日々の生活で出るゴミはもちろん2リリまでのマイクロ
So this is actually for coming from uh, California, I think. I I read about uh, Stephen Australia coming from Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's I think there's a few it's different perfect. versions. Yeah, but the actual name Stephen, I think that's an Australian mm -hmm. company. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and some of the Japanese people are bringing this Stephen to to Japan, and I wanted to uh, highlight this solutions for everyone to know because we we have to feel hope and and this amazing solutions coming out and um i think it's always good to implement if we can you know but yeah. first we need to know that there is a solution yeah so that's, that's so important. And the nice thing about Seabin is you don't need to use electricity. It can just, once you put it in the water, as long as you keep emptying it every now and again, mm -hmm. um, it's a very low-tech solution. And that's really nice because a lot, like you would have seen at the COP conference, mm -hmm. a lot of the talk is about futuristic yeah, high-tech solutions, uh -huh, right? Uh -huh. But you know, uh, by making your own cosmetics, making your containers from bamboo, a lot of our ideas we have to bring back from the past. Uh -huh, and yeah. low-tech sometimes works really well, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Exactly, because um, <clears throat> about the sea bean, like, it's it's a little bit hard to harder to maintenance, like, keep it clean and then you have to take care of them very well otherwise it would just stuck trash between this um machine so they were saying um they were hoping to make easier way to uh, take care of the cb in in the future well they're evolving like your your cosmetics brand right uh mm -hmm. you have to try what you have mm -hmm. and then you improve over time and you evolve into a better and better idea, better, better company, exactly. better products, right? There's yeah. like 860 sea beans in the world right now. So I think I hope it's gonna accelerate more and, and spread. That's awesome. And you said there's about 30 in Japan. I didn't realize there were so many, that's wonderful. They are, they are. I, I wanna visit like every single one of them, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be? That would be a great way to do like a publicity tour around Japan. Yeah, I, um, I want to do it. To go and talk to each each person or each organization who's managing it, mm -hmm. and then you can hear what kinds of stuff you're catching, you know, from the reality in mm -hmm. each area. That would be interesting. Perfect, perfect. That's that's amazing. I want her. I might do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope we can use maybe some of your crowdfunding to go and do videos at all the Seabin locations. Mm -hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, one of the other, you're tackling some of the big issues in Japan. So one of one of the interesting ones, and I think because you're based in Yokohama, mm -hmm. you have a really interesting connection to some Yokohama more sustainable businesses. Mm -hmm. And one of them is this Yokohama food waste recycling. Is it a compost center? It's They're creating compost like soil, but also... They're creating animal bio, feed. It looks bio, like biofuel and biomass. Yeah, biomass too. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I don't know what is this place is called, but basically they collect all the food waste from from not companies, not only companies, but like you know individuals, and they they use that uh, food waste to make compost and also biomass. And also, um, I think it was animal feed. Animal feed, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, it's just fantastic. This is one of the big problems in Japan. We have such a big food loss, uh, food wastage problem. But on the other end, on the garbage side, why aren't we doing more composting, right? Why aren't we putting the food waste to the food banks? Like we talk to some people and then people who need food can eat it as well mm -hmm. as uh, going back to the soil, regenerating the soil, uh, feeding animals, right? Well, this is great resource. Mm -hmm. Why are we just burning it? That's crazy, right? It is crazy. I mean, what they were saying is that 
it costs a lot of money and they have to have big like machines to create biomass and other like turning into food waste to something else costs a lot of money so it's not something that you can start from the beginning i think you need a quite a lot of money to start that business but yeah um they were saying what we're eating nowadays is not a fresh food it's not a good food everything is is um either what is it called like processed food yeah everything is processed food so when they put all the foods in the in the food waste like a the trash bin it gets usually warm because it grows the fungus inside you know but nowadays because the, all the food is like processed food it's very cold so you can't even use this for the um feeding animals like pigs and and cows and stuff so what you can only use this for is making into compost or biomass so we really have to think about not throwing the food away but also what we're eating nowadays is it's not fresh it's not what we are supposed to be eating Absolutely. So thinking about not only the end stage, how we can reuse and recycle in the waste end stage, but we also need to think about what we're buying and the end stage and, and what we're saying is okay for companies to put into packaging and, and the plastic pollution uh, you've targeted a few times, of course, is such a major issue as well, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's so many problems that are like, tangled up yeah because sustainability is in everything <laughs> it's connected to everything mm-hmm. um so doesn't uh, you must get that too all the time Shino. but people always say so what are you talking about just waste if you're talking about sustainability and i was like mm-hmm. no sustainability is in everything every exactly. part of our life and business and travel and culture and yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people feel like everything is connected, like in the in sustainability. Some people take that in a not good way. But I feel like I, I understand it's a very comp- complex problem, but because everything is connected, whatever you do in your life, everything is connected. So you can be the part of the solution in a lot of ways. So I think knowing that gives me hope. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, we're going to talk about your videos a bit more now. And we got a great comment from YouTube. Uh, Maki says, wow, nice video. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it it's people a- watching right now? Yeah, people are watching now. We are live. <laughs> um, so it's great that, you know, you're able to, I think for me, one of the most difficult things about making these short videos, you're gonna you're gonna be watched by so many more people because it's short. Mm-hmm. But making content clear, mm-hmm. easy to understand, and good visuals mm-hmm. in a short time, this is really challenging. Can you tell us about how you do it? Like, do you work with a team? Are you creating the narrative yourself? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you figure out how to make these videos? Thank you. Um, so I started to to create this short video by myself. So it was only me. Um, so when you look back, the the reels on my Instagram, the beginning like the videos in the beginning is like super bad quality. I try my best, but it was my my first step to start. But so. Um, I started by myself, but then more I make videos is much harder to to continue. Like, so I I need to have someone else to help to create my content. So I I have one videographer working with me right now. So we are two person, we two people team working together. And so he basically take videos for me and he edit it. 
but the, all the topics will be um, video. That's my job to decide what I'm going to talk about. And I have to write all the script and we have to check it together if there's any mistake or not. And sometimes I can, we can make videos at home, but sometimes we have to go to the place to interview, like Sivin. So some, some videos takes much more time, but some videos can be made in like one day. Mm -hmm. So it depends what you, what you make, but, but everything is like pretty hard for me because it's, it's beginning. Um, we're we're going to show another one of your videos. I, I like all of them. And interestingly, um, like we were talking about before we started, uh, you, you have some that you feel are your favorites, but those aren't necessarily the ones that are the most viewed, right? And I feel the same. I've interviewed over 400 people over the last two years. And some of the videos that I've done, some of the interviews, I'm like, oh man, that was a great interview. I love that one. And hardly any views, right? So you tell us which is the next one that you love and we'll show that one. Okay, okay. Now, now, like. Yeah, tell me, tell me from your Instagram reels. Hold on. Let's have a look here. I will show the page. So we, we showed the one about um the seabin let's choose another one and show it i mean i love everything because they like they're like my babies i put so much effort yeah. to make it like I want to it. um can we can we talk about the clothes waste one yes yes i think that one's good i was gonna show that because i went to the place wait can you yeah clothing I think I can click on it. Okay, here we go. Oh, no sound. Okay, wait. You have to click the... この布団を断熱材などが作られます。リサイクルは新しいものを作るのに比べ、二酸化炭素排出量を崩し入れ、農薬使用を抑えることができる。素晴らしい方法ですが、現在リユースやリサイクルされているものは全体のうち、たった三十
are used, reused. So only 35% are reused or recycled, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So if you uh, have like Uniqlo mm -hmm. uh, clothes, you can take it back to the Uniqlo bin. Uh, if you, I think H&M, um, they will take any clothes. Mm -hmm. So any brand clothes they'll take and uh, they'll reuse the material or they'll use it, I think, for biomass, for making energy mm -hmm. as well. So there are, like, sometimes people complain, they go to book off with a bunch of clothes, which are still good. And then they're like, no, we don't want it. Or we only give you like 10 yen or something. Right. But Usually, Second Street, if it's good enough, they'll take everything and give you a few hundred yen. So it's not, you don't get a lot of money, but it kind of feels good to know that somebody else is going to love these clothes that I loved, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think using like Book Off in Japan is one of the best options that you can choose because I, I, I always go there to buy some if I want to buy new clothes or new bag or um, like drays and stuff because they have a great, great stuff and they care, they take, take care of all the stuff in a, in a good way. <clears throat> so, um, but I know that my generation, like friends around me, like they don't know that there's like a book off that they sell the secondhand products because they, we, we all know book off, as like selling books and DVD. So um, yeah, knowing that is, 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 is the start. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got another great comment from Maki on YouTube. Thanks Maki. She says, I will share your videos to my children. Fabulous. Thank you. Actually, some of my um, school teachers are using these short videos in their class. And so that one of the reasons why I started my crowdfunding was because I heard that some teachers are using my videos to teach um, climate change in the, in, this, in the class. Because a lot of teachers, like they want to teach about SDGs goals, but they, they never learn how to. So they're stuck. But I think not relying on, like, not, um, we can't always rely on teachers in school because education is not only about them, it's, it's about the society. We have to support that in every way. So I'm making this video for not only posting on my social media, but also teachers to be used to teach kids in an easier way. So they don't have to put other efforts because they already have enough job. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's not it's not fair, right? And I often I'll I'll try to offer consulting uh, to a business that I think could use some good advice. And they tell me, oh no, we already have SDG people working on it. But many companies, like many schools, they're just choosing existing staff mm -hmm. who don't have any training in this. And they're saying, okay, you are the new educator for SDGs for this business or this school. But that's so unfair. They don't have a background in it. Yes. So they're, they start like researching. But really, I always recommend people hire outside, outside consultants mm -hmm. who are trained in these areas because mm -hmm. they can help you with so many great ideas, mm -hmm. not only from Japan, but from abroad as well, right? Exactly, exactly. I think that's one of our like Japanese weakness that we can't bring people from outside of school because especially um, public school in Japan are very strict and when I started to do my presentation, a lot of people asked me, like, how did you start giving presentation to in, in uh, public school and also private school in Japan? Because it's very um, hard to, to dive in. Um, so what I did was I, find, I found some friends, like common friends on my Facebook that are teachers. So I contact them if I can do presentation. I, I, 
I set like Zoom meetings. So I talk about what I do and then what I want to teach. And I started from very little step. And once they uh, hear about my hear my my presentation, the climate education, then they're like, "Oh, this is amazing! Like, I want to um, tell about your work to other my teacher friends that are working in in other school." And that kind of spread. And then now I visited two hundred schools. It's because I I made that connections to with people that are working inside school because that was the only way you can reach. It's very hard, but I think it was the most effective way. So Japanese people love the title and they all, all, always care about the title. So once you have um, experience teaching in, in school, like private school and public school, then they were like, okay, maybe you can give it a try. There, I mean, this is common in Japan, but not only Japan. This also is common in other countries. Oh. Being risk risk averse, right? Mm -hmm. Like not mm -hmm. wanting to try something new that hasn't been tried before. Mm -hmm. um, so, in education, is it part of the uh, approved textbook? Then that's that's okay because we always do that, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a new idea, like somebody talking about new ideas. Oh, risky, risky, right? Right. But if you're going to connect to young people, the kind of videos that you're making, Sheena, talking about real examples, talking about the statistics and data of what challenges we have right now, mm -hmm. these are the kinds of examples that kids need to hear. Mm -hmm. Exactly. How many how many kids and business people do you see walking around Japan with the SDG SDG pin, right? And then I always use that as an opportunity to talk to them. And I'm like, yeah. that's great. You have the SDG pin. So what are you doing for SDGs? What do you think are the big hurdles for your business or your school? Mm -hmm. And they start backing away. Yeah. They're like, um oh, it's it. yeah, yeah, it's too difficult. So you're making it easier to talk about. And mm -hmm. that's, that's why uh, your videos are so important. So I'm so glad to see what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. I hope this, this video is going to be used in as many schools as possible. So if there's anyone watching um, this YouTube live right now um, and working in school or have connections, then please, please use my video. I'm going to be making a website so that they can access uh, my videos in their school Wi-Fi because usually they can't open social media in the school Wi-Fi. So I'm making a website so that everyone can reach in any time. So that will be launched within one year as well also. That's great. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw on your crowdfunding page also uh, one of the ways uh, to do extra support mm -hmm. for the crowdfunding was to get you to do a talk, even a Zoom talk, uh, to different groups, right? Yes, yes. Um, I think that is very also important because not only looking at these videos and knowing the facts, but also kind of have conversation and make like bringing people together because you can be pretty lonely working on this uh, problem in Japan so that um, having that kind of opportunity to bring people together and deep um, consume digest all the knowledge with other people I, I would love to see uh, you become a brand ambassador for Lush because you're trying to make your own cosmetics. Um, you are very interested and passionate about mm -hmm. animal testing. And yes, the only business that I can think of in Japan mm -hmm. that is against animal testing and promoting natural products, trying to reduce plastic waste in packaging, they've done such a good job um, Lush Japan would be such a great business to collaborate with. Yeah. I don't have any connections to Lush, but I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> Lush, 
hire this girl. She <laughs> is a great brand ambassador for you. Is it, is it only um, Lush, like Lush Japan? Or is it the just Lush in the world, like a international, they work on a, um, yeah. right? Internationally, Lush is a fantastic brand. Um, right? They're doing so mm -hmm. much, but each area that they're based in, they make the cosmetics in the area they're making. So all Lush Japan cosmetics are made in Japan, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, right? They hire a lot of women. So they're also improving the, the gender balance mm -hmm. uh, issues mm -hmm. that we have in Japan. Right. Um, they have really reduced the packaging waste a lot. Um, they started using fudoshiki, Japanese idea. Oh, and they're using it in their shops around the world. So they call it, I think, not or something. That's so cute. Yeah. It can be very good at marketing as well. Absolutely, yeah. I know you've, you've mentioned Lush before, so we give them a little plug because we love what they do. Um, so you talked about uh, some of your videos we've talked about already, food loss, old clothes. You also tackled palm oil. Now, palm oil is connected to the com cosmetics industry. Mm -hmm. um, and one of your short videos was about Borneo and palm oil, right? Yes, yes. I mean, I went to Kalimantan, so Indonesia, where there was a beautiful forest and which was home to many wild animals but you know and I was expecting to see wild animals when I went there but then what I saw was different from from what I had expected all the rainforest was burned specifically specifically more than like 30 percent of its forest was gone due to mostly palm oil plantations um, which are used in food and snacks and also cosmetics products. And for the cosmetics products, 70% um, of world cosmetics contain palm oil. So pretty much every cosmetics product contain palm oil to use one of the ingredients. And knowing that fact really hurt my feelings because I, I saw that there's a forest burning and the local people are, are making money out of it. So it's, it's not like they want to burn the forest. They're just trying to live their life. So there's like a lot of many justice, I think. That there's no right or wrong. There's many problems going. But I was most likely part of causing deforestation because I'm using the product that contains palm oil. So it was very, um, it's a very hard problem, but because we are all part of the problem, I think we can also be part of the solutions. And I think cosmetics is one of the easy ways to um, enter this problem and, and knowing the facts and they can also act on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, one other issue that you talk about a lot, which I think is starting to improve in Japan, but still difficult. Uh, talk mm -hmm. about following a plant-based diet and trying to be <sighs> vegan. Can you tell us a little bit about vegan? Yeah. Um, to like, being vegan is like pretty hard in Japan still nowadays. But I feel like after, because I'm not, I'm not hundred percent vegan. But I try to when I eat out, then I try to support also um, vegan restaurants because they have amazing food and they have amazing concept. And then I try to do that. I I've been doing that in the past two years, and this past two years it has been changing quite a lot in Japan. So when you go to um, supermarket, there's like a vegan cheese and there's a vegan meat and there's a vegan um, like alternatives, right? But it wasn't like that before. So I think there's more people eating a vegan food so that they have more vegan products have at their store. So I think it's a good sign, but still, 
it's not enough because when you go to outside of Tokyo, the options are very limited. And because of our traditional Japanese food, we use、um, fish for dashi, like for soup. And it's, it's almost impossible to avoid soup without using、um, fish. Yeah,、mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a big hurdle. We were talking about this before we started and、uh, sharing, sharing some recommendations of places to eat in Hiroshima area. Yeah, I'm actually going to Hiroshima. Are you?、Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, we have to meet up and go for a vegan lunch somewhere yes, together. Yes, Definitely. 100%. Definitely. Um, um, but one of your videos was about plant based milk. Yes, plant based milk. And that has gotten easier. Right,、uh, in, in Japan and many countries. Starbucks in Japan even has oat milk, almond milk, soy milk. You can choose at no extra cost, I believe,、um, for your coffee. So it is becoming more commonplace. And that, that kind of outside push from international companies doing、mm-hmm. it. From international visitors asking for it.、Mm-hmm. I think that is having a positive effect on changes in Japan, don't you think? Yes, ex- exactly. No, I, I totally agree because I, I live in Chinatown in Yokohama, and there are like a lot of people living,、uh, like foreign people living、um, in here, so that we even have vegan Chinese、uh, food available. And they're really good. So, half of, even half of the menu are vegan options. It's not like one or two meals, it's like half of the, the, the menu is vegan. So, there's a lot of options that you can, you can choose from just because they are foreigners living near and there's like an international school close by. So, I think asking for that food、um, in, in your local places can be. The way to expand vegan options. That is such a good point. Like, as residents, just keep asking if it's possible. Like, don't, don't give up and think, oh, that's not possible.、Mm-hmm. Um, and this is true for many of the issues that you're tackling, right? Like, ask at where you buy your clothes,、mm-hmm. uh, where they source their materials from, where it's made. Is it ethical?、Mm-hmm. Um, same for your food. Is this vegetable from the local area?、Um, do you have a vegan option? Do you have plant based milk? Right? All these questions from the consumer can help spur the businesses to change because they listen to、exactly. the consumer, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because、um, when, when I buy like, any cosmetics products, and because I care a lot about、um, using palm oil, because palm oil is a great um, um, oil, but Because of the, the way they grow, is making palm oil not good、um, ingredients. So, whenever I pro- buy products that contain palm oil, I ask them what kind of palm oil they're sourcing and how, how, how is it like, made、um, through email if you can't find it、uh, on, the, on the website. So, asking that is. Is very important. So, asking the right questions and, and keep asking can change their, their action as well because what they care about is make money through consumers. So, consumers are the most important part of their business. So, we, we have a big voice and we need to believe that. Yeah,、mm-hmm. absolutely. So, you have your crowdfunding campaign was successful.、Uh, you're going to start launching more videos. Is there anything else coming up for you in the、yes. next few months or next year?、Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually just post my, my short videos after I finished、uh, my crowdfunding. It was yesterday, my first video. And I'm going to be posting two videos per week. For the next one, and, one year and a half. So, I'm going to be keep posting all the videos.、Um, so, if you can, if you can、um, look at my Instagram or Facebook, can be posted as well. 
will be posted and also um, YouTube short videos. I'm going to be posting that too. So it's going to be a long journey, but I'm very excited because we have this list of companies and, and uh, names that are that we're going to interview and go visit and how they're doing, what they're doing for the planet. So um, it's not only just putting numbers and facts and statistics, but also uh, listening the real voice and real solutions uh, within Japan for now. I want to I wanna go globally, but for now, yes, in Japan. That's awesome. And Sheena, you are doing such important work uh, doing these videos, everything in Japanese, but you speak English really well, Sheena. Are you planning to do any talks or any videos also in English? No, I, I totally should do that, like 100%, because a lot of... Most of my friends are from green school and they they only understand English and and I think these kind of informations are very also important for for outside of Japan as well. So yes, I would consider. Yes, hundred percent I would consider. Awesome. You're doing all that great work uh, with creating like the plan and the narrative, what you're going to say, you have the graphics, you have the imagery. It would be fantastic to see a Japanese version and an English version. Mm -hmm. You could have two different playlists, two different sets of reels, uh, two different playlists on YouTube. And then I think your audience would increase so much because the Japanese audience who's interested in sustainability is very small still. Exactly. compared to what it's going to be. So it's important, mm -hmm. but it's growing. But the international market who's thinking about sustainability is huge. Yeah. This is a big, big market eager for ideas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And many of them are very interested in Japan and ideas that we have here. So I think you speak English so well, I'd love to see that happen. I take that. I take that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I know you. it's it's hard. I just doubled all your work there. <laughs> no, but you know, like, because I'm making the videos um, anyway. Only like translating that videos to Japanese uh, to English, it's not gonna be as harder as making the video from scratch. You know, I think it's not gonna be a lot of work. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you'll get a lot more interest from journalists and media abroad as well who want to talk to you about what you're doing in Japan. And that outside perspective mm -hmm. makes more interest in Japan, too, mm -hmm. because they're like, oh, she's getting interest from outside mm -hmm. Japan. Hmm, maybe we should also interview her, right? So yeah. that outside pressure also really helps what you're doing in Japan too. Mm -hmm. I, I went to Korea for the um, one of the dialogue that are hosted in, in Seoul. And it was like um, international events. <clears throat> and I was invited because one of the, this event was hosted by... Um, Kim Woon and and also Stanford University. And one of the Stanford professor who are Japanese but working in the Stanford University found my work on internet and and he invited me to this dialogue. So I think not only that way, but also uh, if they can find me not only in Japanese but in English, I think it would give more opportunity for me to speak in a larger audience absolutely. i love that thank you for like consulting for free oh, absolutely 100 <laughs> percent um i i talked to akira sakano she also has been doing english uh talks around the world talking about the tiny zero waste town of kamikatsu in tokushima she helped kamikatsu uh get support in japan and abroad because That's of her amazing. work talking about it abroad. Um, so I've seen so many examples of when this happens to bring that back, that positive highlighting, and then that will support your work in Japan as well. Thank you. Uh, exciting, exciting. Yeah, yeah wonderful. Very exciting. Well, I, I didn't expect from, from this YouTube live, I'm gonna find another 
like ideas that I can work on. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And please let me know if there's any way I can help. Thank I'm happy、you. to support and share and promote the good work that you're doing. So thank you so much, Sheena. That is the end of our hour. What a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It was an amazing talk. Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Thank you. And keep up the good work. I'm so excited about what you're doing and a huge fan. Really can't wait to see what's going to happen with Sheena over next year and the, the coming years. So, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be also、um, launching a new cosmetics product next April in 2023. So, there's going to be a lot of projects going on right now.、So、we'll be very next、excited. year. So, yeah,、awesome. please be excited for my work. Yeah, absolutely. And I will share. Uh, links, all your relevant links below if you can't find them. Thank you.、Uh, definitely follow the links. Thanks everyone for joining. Thank you so much, Sheena. Everyone, have a great day. Take care. Have a good、Bye. day. I dropped the armor. Now I'm bolder.